Action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Uh, good afternoon, one and all. It's Juan. This portion of the program, the Power Hour. It's brought by K's. Remember, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. Stop in at K's. Delicious steak sandwiches, pastrami, really everything on the menu. They are waiting for you. Well, folks, uh, the Middle East, the situation with Iran has certainly been distorted. And someone who is an expert, and I love the fact she's on a mission to expose the media's complete distorted view of the situation in Iran. And we are very happy to have on the program, her name is Erica Krazy. And uh, Erica, it's John DePietro. Thank you for taking the time to join us this afternoon. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. Would you be so kind as just to um, pronounce your last name, just so I'm uh, pronouncing it correctly? Sure. It's Kasrai. Kasrai. Okay. Erica, um, you know, as I'm watching the events and we've seen what has uh, taken place since uh, President Trump finally decided to take action, and then the Iranians shot down, supposedly mistakenly, that that airliner. Uh, the president has come under incredible attack. The media seemingly is trying to build this up as, oh, this is World War III, now Iran. They want death to America and everything else. And, um, and you're painting a very different picture of that. That's right. Um... John, the thing is that, you know, I've been watching Iran for, for many years now, as I mentioned in my video, over the course of the last decade. I've had the great privilege of engaging young Iranians inside the country, pro-democracy activists, who really want the message of the Iranian people to get to the fears of the free world and the policymakers. And unfortunately, during the Obama administration, their cries were, you know, ignored. And President Trump has taken a firm stand against the evil regime and is standing with the Iranian people. So I felt that it was necessary to echo their, their voices. And what I saw during the time, I mean, subsequently after the few days after Hassan Soleimani was eliminated, I saw the media and really a lot of my friends um, who, you know, I, I engage in discussions with on the left who were repeating and sort of... Um, you know, kind of echoing the, the rhetoric of the, re- the regime. Like Qasem Soleimani in, is in by no means a hero in the Middle East, not in Iran, not in Iraq, not in Lebanon, not in Syria, not in Yemen or Afghanistan. And so I just felt like it was, it was time to kind of get the message out that the Iranian people love Trump. There's a, you know, hashtag Iranians love Trump that's, you know, uh, been circulating since, he became president, and I think that Trump moved the regime closer to collapse. The regime is weak at home, and this is not a fight for the American people. We don't want to repeat the mistakes of Iraq, but you know we do expect the United States um, to stand with the Iranian people and the protesters that are on, on the you know in, on university campuses all across the country right now. In fact, I don't know if you follow Twitter or not, but I posted a a video of protesters taking down a banner that was set up by the Islamic Republic of Qasem Soleimani 
kicking his face, tearing it down, burning his picture, taking his picture off the walls. I mean, you can either believe what people tell you or you can see it for yourself. And so I feel that it's, you know, my, my responsibility as an Iranian-American, I've had the privilege of living in this great country. My mother taught me how to live the American dream. And the fact that we have freedom of speech, we need to take great, um, you know, pride in being able to speak truth. And America serves as a great example of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's time for us and the media to engage in meaningful discussions and conversations uh, instead of attacking each other. I am on uh, Twitter, Erica, and actually I'm looking at, and I, I, uh, I saw that video when it was first put out by um, someone by the name of David Rebo said my friend Erica is a longtime Iranian activist, made a video she made about Soleimani happening. Um, it, it, that's the video you're referring to, correct? Um, correct. I mean, there's a lot of people are, yes, David Rebo is one of my very good friends, someone who I've been running in Washington with for, for many years on these issues. But Donald Trump Jr. retweeted me, um, the video that I posted. If you follow me on Twitter, it's um, at Sagar, S-A-G-A-R. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, I'm going to yeah, click follow. Right. I do. So, so there's, uh, there's a video of, of, you know, protesters that have climbed up on top of the banner and they're pulling the banner down. There's pictures. There's other tweets where there's a picture of Falcon Soleimani being burned. There's a picture. Uh, there's a video of people pulling his picture down off of the wall. In fact, um, you know, what's interesting to me is despite what the media tried to, to do, you know, people hate, the, the, the left hate for Donald Trump is so great that they're unwilling to speak the truth. You know, during these last few days when the, the left tried to paint Qasem Soleimani as a hero, the Iranian people became angry and decided to show the world that that is not the case. And so, I don't I don't know how much history you have on Iran, but you know when I was a, when I was a kid, it was just at the beginning of the revolution. Their propaganda has always been to say death to America. And in school, when you go to school, instead of like we used to say the Pledge of Allegiance in school um, here in America, in Iran, their Pledge of Allegiance is to say death to America, death to Israel. The, Iran, the American flag and the Israeli flag is painted on the doorsteps of every school in Iran, universities, middle school, high school, elementary school. And people are forced to walk over these two flags. Well, during the last few days, Iranian protesters, the pro-democracy movement, they've been walking around the flag and taking videos and sending it out to social media so that the American people and that the people of Israel could see that they honor the flag. We don't, that they don't hate America. If that is not enough for your own eyes to see, then I really I, I don't know what else to say about it. Erica, how dramatic was it that the Iranian leaders had to come out and admit that, that they were actually the ones that downed that airliner? And I believe the latest is they were going to arrest. Did they arrest whoever filmed that it went down, or are they going to arrest who it is that made the mistake and downed that airliner? I believe they've arrested the person. They claim that they've arrested that person. I mean, who who, who knows? Right. What I do know is that they have intimidated and threatened the families of those that have lost their loved ones in this plane crash not to speak to the media. 
that if they do, that they will not return the remains of these loved ones. I mean, how cruel can you be? Yes. They're so afraid. They're so weak. They're so pathetic that they're not willing to give the remains of their loved ones back to them if they speak to the press. In fact, um, <sighs> they have they have threatened and intimidated a, several families to go on state TV and call uh, their family members that perished martyrs for the regime. Oh, my on goodness. They coerce them to do that. What, what should we know about our standing right now? Because we, uh, to me, this seems like an incredible opportunity for change in Iran because of President Trump. And also the fact, you know, it wasn't lost that that he tweeted out to the protesters, you know, that they're not to be harmed. That if we could yeah. start to provide them with information, all of this talk and you know we have here in uh, this area you have you know you're speaking to people that they're represented by massachusetts senator elizabeth warren about rhode island congressman david Cicilline, and what do they say trump has dragged us into world war three uh now the iranians are all worked up and they really are all going to unite different forces against us uh we're gonna have to put boots on the ground this is going to be you know the draft is coming back all of that now seems to be false absolutely false and frankly you know, it really breaks my heart. I had a 14-year-old young man reach out to me on Instagram. He said, is this the same Miss Erica that put out that video? I hope this is you. I just want you to know how much you helped me to relax. I was so afraid that Iran was going to bomb America. Thank you. And that one message has resonated in my heart because I think, wow, look at what the media has done. It has injected fear into the American public. We are not going into war, first of all. We have the greatest army in the history of human existence. And there is no way that the Islamic Republic will ever be able to stand against it. That I know for sure. And, no, we're not going into World War III. And to all my friends on the left, and there are my friends, there are, I have many friends on the left and on the right, I would say that we have a moral responsibility not to inject fear into people by distorting facts and the truth. Yep. And even you had um, former Vice President Erica, former Vice President Joe Biden saying, you know, oh, Trump's done it this time. You know, now he threw a stick of dynamite into a tinderbox. You know, it would seem that this is someone that the Iranian people, I mean, to me, they seem happy that he's gone. This is a chance for Iran to move forward. Uh, And it just seems to be distorted information from the media that somehow... President Trump has, you know, all every, like, as if everything was fine and moving in the right direction until we took out this brutal, murderous terrorist. And it seems to, to me, it just seems to be the opposite. Trump has done exactly what he said he was going to do. He wanted to, um, you know, take our take our troops out of the region. You know, we have been involved in endless wars for really for a very long time. And frankly, I mean, I think. I think he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, but on this one, I'm going to say he's done exactly the right thing. He's really boosted the morale of the Iranian people. I mean, look, the the tweet that he tweeted out in Farsi is the most tweeted uh, Farsi text in yep. the history of Twitter. That's right. So tell me what that says. You know, you can say all you want that Iranians hate you, but when you were tweeting his tweet uh, that many times that 
that says something. In fact, last night when he was in Milwaukee, uh, he, he talked about how the Iranian people refused to walk on the American flag. He talked about the fact that the Iranian people love America. And that, that soundbite has been subtit- uh, subtitled in Farsi, and it is circulating like crazy on Iranian social media because they love him. And look, President Trump said he put Iran on notice. He told them he's been, they've been instigating. You know, they downed a drone. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, I think he really is a patriot. He really loves this country and he wants to restore, um, you know, relationships in the world with people. You know, I've traveled all over the Middle East and I had people in Jordan when I was working there secretly tell me they love Trump. They love him. They think he's doing a great job. I met people in Turkey. They tell me they love Trump. He's such a confident um, man, and he won't, he doesn't, you know, he won't uh, bow down to a bully. He sticks, he sticks up for people. And so I just wish that, the, I, I, I really believe that the American people need to support our president. This is, this is a time for us to support our president and rally together as Americans and really value the principles that make this country so great. Folks, uh, she is Erica Kazrari. Uh, Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tremendous work, and uh, we'll, we will talk to you again. Very, very in, uh, informative. Folks, good afternoon at 119. It's John DePietro. I want to uh, also just play a little little bit. Excuse me. The Red Sox are right now. Red Sox brass holding a press conference on uh, the facts that they get rid of Alex Cora. Stewards, as John has said, to have a standard here where... Uh, that sort of behavior um, is not acceptable. And lastly, since, since that sort of behavior, something similar is being investigated about your most recent championship team, do you worry at all that the findings could, in some people's mind, attach an asterisk to that Red Sox championship? Well, I just want to reiterate what we said, which is that we ask our fans to reserve judgment until the investigation is completed. On the left, Alex. Alex here with the Boston Globe. Um, uh, two questions. First, uh, when you say that you guys met and began conversations on Monday after reading the report, was that was that the th- was that John, Tom, and Sam? Was that was that also Chaim? Was that also Alex? Or at what point did you connect with Alex to talk about the findings in the report? We did not meet him. Uh, we met on Tuesday, Alex. Is what I said. And with regards to the possibility of penalties, uh, having seen what happened to the Astros, does that at all impact what, what you guys are looking to accomplish over the duration of the offseason? Does that in any way influence roster building, how you approach the questions that you've talked about at different points about sustainability and potentially losing access to, uh, to young talent? Uh, with respect to the investigation, again, um, you know, I know it's an unsatisfying answer, but we do need to just reserve comment on it until it's complete. Um, you know, our, our big picture focus as far as sustainability, as far as putting us in position to win as much as possible over, you know, this next decade, um, that, you know, it, it has not changed and will not change. Uh, Jason, on the left. Uh, do you guys, are, are you conducting your own internal investigation at all and talking to your own players about what happened? Yeah, we're, we're again. We're going to honor the commissioner's directive to um, not discuss anything related to the, the baseball investigation. Sam Kennedy, other right appropriate say this is a major league baseball investigation. They John have Henry. much more. They have much more of an ability um, to investigate than we ever would. 
And just to follow up, do you guys think Alex Cora deserves a second chance to manage at some point in the major leagues? I'll take that. I think Alex is um, an incredibly talented manager and um, accomplished great things with us. And he's now, he was uh, expressed remorse. Um, he apologized yesterday to us for the embarrassment that um, this caused. Uh, and I think he'll go through a process uh, of rehabilitation. Um, and so we'll see what happens. It would be hard to speculate. But um, he, he is a, uh, he's an extreme talent. Okay. I'm right in the middle. Hi, I'm right here, second row, right in front of you. As you look at the potential, Tom Light from Red Sox. Boston 25 News, as you look Live at the next potential candidate to manage this team, obviously there's a certain level of crisis management that needs to be on his resume. Um, how important is that now to get somebody who's going to be able to handle a situation like this under duress? It's definitely a factor. I mean, this is a unique situation. There are going to be unique things that stem from this situation and certainly from the timing of it that I think, you know, we would want to make sure that, you know, whoever is in that chair next uh, has the ability to handle. Um, but I would say in any situation, you know, that type of trait is an important one in a manager. You're, you're selecting a leader for that group uh, that you want to... Uh, you know, feel is able to uh, to weather whatever storms may come. We, we we know that we are facing this situation, but the the traits, the abilities that that allow someone to successfully steer a group through a situation like that, I think, are something you would always look for in a manager. Could, could I just add to that? Um, and I know that this has been a challenging week for us, but uh, we are confident about uh, the chemistry on our team, and that the. Uh, 2020 uh, Boston Red Sox will be very competitive. We obviously underperformed last year, but uh, we uh, have every expectation that we will uh, be competitive this year, and we have a great group of players, and uh, I don't consider our situation right, to be the folks, Again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. What a disaster for the Red Sox. Complete disaster. That is uh, the owners and also the front office. In um, just a stunning turn of events regarding Alex Cora. I don't know whether or not you're ever going to see him uh, coaching anyone again. Certainly not for some time. All right. Now, with that, I do want to get back to what time is it? 125 766 1380 is our phone number. If you would like to call in, first time call us are welcome. I want to get back to number one, I'm going to talk a little bit about Governor Armando. I thought that state of the state last night was um, was was just fantasy land. She's not doing anybody any favors, and she needs to be asked. Obviously, folks, she's not going to do it, and she will not agree to an interview with yours truly. But the rest of the media, I still think they give her a free pass. There's something fundamentally wrong that you have the situation where the state of Massachusetts where they have a surplus with Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker at the helm, a surplus of $1 billion, and with Ramundo, or in the whole, $200 million. I mean, that, that is, th- there's no way, but I certainly didn't um, vote for her. But I want to again go back also to the debate last night, where CNN really dropped the ball with that Bernie Sanders-Elizabeth Warren Situation, And it was even discussed last night, uh, excuse me, this morning on Morning Joe. Let me play a little bit of this sound of, 
you have the moderator, Abby Phillips, asking Bernie Sanders whether or not he said, did you say a woman can't get elected? And he said, absolutely not. And then they go to Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren, and say, what was your reaction when Bernie Sanders said a woman can't be elected president? Um, when after he had just said that it never happened. Let me play this a little bit. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I, I am completely confused as to why it turned from Bernie Sanders saying I didn't say it to Elizabeth Warren being asked, what did you think when he said it? He says he didn't say it. So you, you turn to Elizabeth Warren and say, did he say it? That's the issue. That was bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre. It was. What the heck happened there? Are, are, are they listening? Because you got to listen when you do a debate. Yeah. And then take the question to the next candidate. You just missed. Uh, it was you a miss. Yeah. Just, but you were waiting but, to go. But this is the story. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I've had conversations, private conversations taken to the press and totally manipulated for the benefit of the person who was sharing the story. This happens all the time. It's clear there's a misunderstanding or Elizabeth Warren is focused on something that was said. And, and Bernie Sanders is not going to be someone who says, I don't think a woman could win. That's just stupid. Right. It would not I mean, be smart. Bernie went to her. In 2015, and said, "Hey, I think you can win. I think you should run for president." This is such small ball. I know, but he he bonded. Listen to this again. I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? Listen to the way they laugh. He he they. He just said he didn't say it. See, that is the problem with the moderator. What? What is that? He just said he didn't. And I tweeted it out. It's like they called, called him a liar. But I, to, um, if you're Elizabeth Warren, what I couldn't believe happened last night was she actually got the better of the situation. Because he just kept repeating the same talking points over and over and over. I, um, he was very flat on that. And we're going to see where that boomerangs and now people are showing that she wouldn't shake his hand. But did you see anyone on that stage last night that could be President Trump? I did not. It was. And I'm glad to see it wasn't just my imagination. I was thinking sitting there like I can't believe I have to watch this. It's so boring. First of all, it didn't start till nine o'clock. Uh, so Ramundo was at seven and that was painful. And then you had to wait until nine o'clock. And that was like the biggest part of the night. And Bernie Sanders just let it go by the board. I mean, basically, the Sanders people are saying that she completely lied and fabricated this whole thing about him. But then when the moment of truth was there, he didn't really even defend himself. That a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not he win the election? He just said he didn't say it. I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not but, a woman can be You know, for the life of me, I don't, why wouldn't he just then say, wait a minute, I, I, I take exception with what you're saying here. I never said that. So the premise of the question is false. 
I mean, I believe me, I, I certainly like the fact that they are fighting back and forth. This should help um, former Vice President Biden. But now there's a new story that's out today. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie's my friend, but he's a sexist. So she's basically going to keep doing is hitting him. But she's going to continue to say that he's her friend. So that seems to be her strategy. Let me. There's a little bit more from last night I want to play. So she's trying to say, listen, he's my friend, but he's a sexist. So if you're a woman in Iowa, New Hampshire, you need to vote for me. Bernie's my friend. He's an old guy. And he's always been encouraging. In 2015, he did encourage me now, the Senator Elizabeth Warren, to run for president. But, you know, he's a sexist. Boy, do they throw around the words sexist and racist to me. It's lost all meaning because they throw them around so much. All right, so here's a little bit of uh, last night. Issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement that in 2018 you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time so on this. She's lying. This is Donald Trump, and maybe some of the media want. So she's uh, anybody lying. knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's a video of, the, of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. In 2015, I deferred, in fact, to Senator Warren. There was a movement to draft Senator Warren to run for president. And you know what? I said, stayed back. Senator Warren decided not to run, and I did. I did run afterwards. Hillary, you know, he uh, he I thought he was making a very compelling argument there, Senator Sanders. But then he allowed her. Basically, she I I watched it. I think she kind of she won. She definitely won up to him on this. Now, folks, good afternoon at one thirty two. It's John DePietro. It is the John DePietro show. Cicilline will not be part of the team with the impeachment. Um, Nancy Pelosi, they announced the impeachment managers today. And Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline, as much as he was begging for it and lobbying for it, was not chosen. They chose seven people, and he, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he did not make the cut. So as you can imagine, he is devastated about that. But going back to... Governor Raimondo last night, I found the whole thing flat. Um, I found her whole, her whole act. I can't believe like how, how fast it's, um, it's just evaporated. Just her whole thing. Hold on. I'm just seeing right now. Governor Charlie Bakes, the most popular governor of the country. 11th quarter in a row. Same story found Governor Raimondo most unpopular. Now, is that, is that new? I'm seeing that right now. And um, I didn't know if uh, Morning Consult, let me check this. Did Morning Consult come out with a new poll? And if so, I don't know how that got past the, the boards of why Morning Consult. Let me just check and see if they came out with a new poll about the governors. Morning Consult. As much as Governor Mundo does not 
she um she gets very very upset about any time this is mentioned that she's the least popular were considered the worst governor in the country and Carly Baker is considered the most popular governor in the country she gets very very upset about it I played that sound when Kim Kalunian of Channel 12 did an end of year interview and brought that up and Ramundo's entire demeaning demeanor changed um, I'm going over there uh Twitter feed right now and I don't see anything so that could be an old posting that someone put regarding um the governors because most of their polls seem to be regarding Iowa and New Hampshire so let me just uh yeah no there's nothing there all right so that's old that's old that they uh that they put out 766-1380. Last night, as you're listening to it, I, I don't think she even believes it. Right? Um, well, this is interesting. Sam Kennedy says core decision was exclusively for his actions in Houston. Well, what, what about what he did in what about what he did in Boston, for crying out loud? Um, doesn't seem to be much better. Unless they don't want to acknowledge that it was going on. Let me um, pull up the Channel 12 report about uh, the governor last night and her state of the state, which I found it to be painful. And it's, she's not even dealing in reality. That's, to me, that's like the bottom line. She's not even dealing in reality. She's not dealing with someone. Yeah, more money to build housing, expand pre-K, improve education, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, it's, it's just not there, right? I mean, it is absolutely not there. So it's not there. Uh, she is really checked out. I know Dan McGowan was, was saying uh, earlier that in her final year as governor, but I, I, she's already, um, she's already checked out. She had no interest in, in seemingly being there. She's got to go through the motions. She, she's never figured out. She needed to take out House Speaker Nick Mattiello. She needed to knock him out of the box in 2016, and she failed. She completely failed to knock him out. Because nothing is going to get done with him as the speaker. Zero. But whatever her ambitions were or what she planned to do as governor, we're never going to know. Because she failed and Mattiello was always there to block her. So I'm trying to find a Channel 10 story. We're celebrating National Hat Day. All right. That's Okay. Uh, let's see. We need a contract, says the bus drivers in East Providence. Ramundo, of course, on the vaping ban. Yeah, how many people does that affect? Can't you do anything that, like, affects everybody? We're going to have a permanent vaping ban. Yeah, because that inf- affects so many different people. They always just pick these little issues that don't affect the general public. You know, vaping, I, again, I, I don't vape. I know that guy that started the whole 
store and people are telling about it and it's a good way to quit smoking cigarettes but let me play here's the uh, channel 10 report Cutting the car tax, improving education, and a crackdown on vaping. Those are just some of the governor's goals for 2020. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a wish list, right? She laid out her plans in the State of the State address tonight that you saw live on NBC10. But now, well, now state leaders say it's time to crunch the numbers. Tonight, Tim Daniel Kennedy live at the State House with a breakdown and some reaction tonight, Danielle. And Dana Patrice, the state needs to close a $200 million budget gap tonight. The governor not saying much about how she plans to do that. Instead, calling to cut the car tax, cut taxes for small businesses, and invest millions of dollars in education. The state of our state is strong. Uh. Governor Gina Raimondo optimistic Tuesday about the state of Rhode Island. We're changing lives. And we're making Rhode Island competitive. The governor focusing much of her speech on education, addressing the crisis in Providence schools, and proposing more money to help schools statewide. The governor touting job growth, low unemployment, and pushing for more industrial development and affordable housing statewide. Rhode Island is the only state in the Northeast region that does not yet have a dedicated revenue stream for housing production. Cutting the car tax, fixing up beaches, and pushing to expand free public pre-K also on her wish list. All of the initiatives were good ones, but you have to look at where the funding is going to come from. House Speaker Nick Mattiello says he supports her proposal to raise the minimum wage, but not a line-item veto, saying he also supports renewable energy, but worries the governor's lofty proposal will come with a hefty price tag. Make no mistake about it, that will lead to increased energy prices for our uh, the governor ending her speech with a push to permanently ban flavored e-cigarettes and stronger gun control laws in 2020. Military-style assault weapons belong in the military. Oh, God. Not in our schools, not in our They're communities, not in the schools. and they should be banned. The big question, though, they how will the state pay for the governor's wish list? She plans to lay all that out in her budget proposal to the General Assembly Thursday. So, folks, that is the um, report on um, NBC10. Again, there's no, there's no money for it. There's no money for any of that. Do you believe her going at the, we, we don't have a gun problem. Rhode Island, you heard, even heard Dan McGowan say Rhode Island is considered the second safest state in the entire country free of gun violence. I want to say good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. There's Al Campbell. Hi there, Christine. There's Vincent. Yeah, the players didn't know. You know, I, I haven't heard the entire Red Sox press conference. This does not sound like it's going well at all. And it sounds like, let's have a thumbs up. Everybody, remember, folks, you can always watch Facebook Live. It sounds like that they want a situation where they're always basically saying that it didn't happen in 2018 while he was with the Red Sox. Oh, what, what we're going after him for is what happened when he was with the Houston Astros, which seems ludicrous. Of course he was doing it with the Red Sox. That's how they won the World Series. And I'm a Red Sox fan. But, I mean, it is what it is. The guy could end up getting banned. Folks, visit the Facebook page. You see a lot of different comments. There's the uh, comments on Ramundo. 406 comments about her uh, state of the state. Folks, how about also, she still wants to restrict who can... um, look at Marijuana licenses. Gee, do you think there's something there? Do you think there's something there as to why she wants to limit who it is that can be involved in the marijuana license business in Rhode Island? So I think we know why. I think we know why. 
and the direction she's moving. Also, again, good afternoon, everybody on Facebook Live. How about Elizabeth Warren? How many 13 comments? Is she a sore loser? Folks, this is the photo of the Iowa debate. She refused to shake the hand of Bernie Sanders. She sees her numbers coming down. She fabricated that. Listen, I'm not a supporter or a fan of, uh, of uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. But I don't believe he said to her, listen, a woman can't get elected president. I don't believe he said that. I think she made it up. I think maybe he said he thinks that he would stand a better chance than her. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't think a woman could get elected. But now she's saying he's a sexist. She refused to shake his hand. See, that's her. You know, this started with she never, if she had not checked the box saying that she was, she lied about being Native American. She never would have got to Harvard Law. And everything is a lie. Then she did the DNA test. And then the video with the husband thanking him for coming in and having a beer. I also on the Facebook page have, uh, how about this? Governor Amundio, do you believe a word she says? 264 comments. Hey, one thing they did do with the $10 billion, finally. Did anyone pick up on that? I posted it. Think of that. The state budget is $10 billion. And what they finally did after all this time was finally fix and uh, rehab that red curtain behind her. <laughs> $10 billion later. Do you believe a word she says? Let me read some of the comments. Um... I never see one person who thinks she's doing a good job. Why does she keep getting elected? Well, she was just reelected in November of 2018, although I don't believe that that election, I don't believe it was legit. I do not believe that that election um, was legit. Rosalind writes, she's as phony as a $3 bill. Uh, Anthony writes, last night was the best. Spend, loans, bonds, $200 million deficit, 48th worst in the country to retire. And she wants to keep doing these programs. And now, and how about the Bryant College president, Ron Makeley, $6.5 million a year. Highest paid college president in the world is Ron Makeley at Bryant. That, are you kidding me? You take the presidents of Harvard... Yale, MIT, and Stanford. And Ron Makeley makes more than all of them combined. I think there's something wrong there. Uh, this business, when they start saying we need to go after the universities to pay more, I, I, that, that's, that, that's not the solution. That's not the solution. Suzanne writes, I don't believe a word she others. No. Um, boy, wasn't... Um, Jeopardy was hard last night. I watched some of that in between before um, before the Iowa debate. Socialism. You make it, they take it. Bernie Sanders was flat, though. I can't believe that Bernie Sanders let $10 billion and they finally got the red curtain. Ken writes, I tried to watch. I really did, but just couldn't stand listening to her voice. She was also very, very nervous. I don't understand that why. Uh, it's all written for her. She's kind of maybe getting adjusted. Her big goal now is to try to get into the conversation about being a VP. Hey, also, who's that hiding behind the pillar in the double XL red jacket? That's right. There's Pork Boy. <laughs> 
Should Central Falls, we have a poll going, should Central Falls receive an extra $1 million in school aid to educate all those kids from Guatemala? 417 votes. You can vote at the Facebook page, Sean DePietro Show. 97% right now say no. Put American kids first. What a disgrace. One million. You know, and that is where I disagree with, um, I respect um, Representative Blake Filippi a lot. We had him on earlier. But I, I just, I have a problem with this attitude of, well, they're already here. So we might as well time out. You know, like I said, if you ever snuck into Fenway Park and they find out you don't have a ticket, they don't say, well, you're already here. So you might as well have a hot dog and get something to eat, some popcorn. Wrong. No, they'd escort you out. If you're a stowaway in a plane, you get removed. That Central Falls situation is is disgraceful when you add up just how much all of those uh, illegal kids, how much that costs. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. All right, 766-1380. You can email me, john, at petro.com. Folks, remember, visit the new website, petro.com. Hey, I want to remind you, if you have a business, MEGA truck and trailer repair call them today mega mega truck and trailer repair commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service abs repairs break stores if it's on a trailer they can fix it with mega truck and trailer repair give them a call 508-336-2110 for your business, 508-336-2110, MEGA, M-E-G-A, truck and trailer repair. It's John DePietro, 766-1380, a lot more ahead right here on this Wednesday. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is a perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. West Fountain Auto Body. If you are ever in an accident, did someone hit your vehicle? Maybe today, right now, on this Wednesday, you're riding along saying, you know, Juan, someone hit me over the weekend or someone hit some of my coworker or someone hit a family member. Bring your vehicle, get it repaired. West Fountain Auto Body. It's Kenny, it's Patricia, it's your vehicle. Give them a call at 401-272-3340. The original, the best quality is more than just a word of West Fountain Auto Body since 1927. Automotive painting, refinishing, it's truly an art. Now, they will repair your vehicle, restore it, incredible quality, put it back on the road. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. And remember, with West Fountain, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. They service all foreign and domestic vehicles, but you need to call them first. West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. I have brought friends there. I brought family there. If you were in an accident, I would bring you there. Now, if someone ever hits your vehicle, let's just say you're in an accident. The first thing you do is you call 911, fill out a police report. If a tow truck shows up, 
let's just say you can't drive your vehicle away from the scene of the accident. Tell, instruct the tow truck operator to bring your vehicle to West Fountain. If you can drive your vehicle, your first phone call is call Kenny and Patricia at West Fountain. 272-3340, 272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. I'm on the road and my ride is going strong. At Paul Massey Chevrolet, you get the lowest price guaranteed every day with Rhode Island's only true one price on our exciting lineup of Chevrolets. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price guaranteed. And it's only at Paul Massey, Rhode Island's number one Chevrolet dealer. Lease a 2020 Equinox LS front wheel drive for only $179 a month for 39 months with $29.88 due at signing. Buick GMC South is New England's number one Buick dealer and Rhode Island's number one GMC dealer. Get the lowest price anywhere. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price. Guaranteed. Lease a 2020 Terrain SLE front wheel drive for only $198 a month for 39 months with $24.88 due at signing. Great selection, top-notch service, and the lowest one price, only at Paul Massey. Mega professionals for your business in Rhode Island or Massachusetts. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 for Mega professionals. What can they help you with? Well, staffing. You need workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local Sleep-at-home drivers, C, class, A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers. Maybe you need mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals, health care. Call the experts at MEGA Professionals. Let them help you. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right, folks, and we're back on this Wednesday. Don't forget, uh, if you ever miss any part of the program... You just go to thepetro.com, click on podcast, and it's all right there. And our friend Jeff Gamage, the great one, he is doing tremendous work. Every hour recorded right there, folks. You ever miss anything? Remember, you can email me, john at thepetro.com. I received this email actually last night during the State of the State regarding uh, Ramundo's speech from Linda. Hi, John. My 10-year-old son and I are watching Ramundo's State of the State. We were most interested to hear what the governor said about education. He actually wants to write her a letter because he's not being challenged in school. He goes to school in Cranston. Has hours of free time during the day. Both he and I have spoken to the teachers and principal to no avail. How about a 10-year-old child that feels they're not being challenged in the schools? She writes, I vaguely remember her saying similar things regarding education last year. So I just looked up her speech from last year, and the education speech was very similar, if anything, basically the same. My son jokingly said she's probably reading the same script as last year. Looking at what she said then and now, is he right? He is right. It's almost word for word what she said in 2018. Thank you, Linda. That, that is true. 
And that shows you, folks, I, I can't even, like, listen to it anymore. And I have to. We all have to. But last night, uh, it was uninspired. It's a wish list. Um, nothing that she is proposing benefits you, benefits your business. Nothing remotely close to that. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by K's. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, stop by K's. The waiting for you. I can't get over the story about President uh, Brian U- University President Ron Meekley. He's the highest paid college president in the world. Number one compensation package, $6.2 million. Where is the board? I know President Makeley. I respect President Makeley. He has done a tremendous job with Bryant University. He has. But number one in the world, $6.2 million? By comparison, the president of Brown University gets $1.3 million? James Finkelstein, it's hard to imagine how a private university, while well-ranked in the Northeast, Northern Regional University, part-time MBA program, not even in the top 200. The MBA program at Bryant is not even in the top 200. Can or should provide such a lucrative compensation package to its president, regardless of his long service. Brian, the letter to faculty, said established a long-term compensation plan for Makeley. $6.2 million. And how about number two is the president at Johnson & Wales. Uh, this guy Finkelstein again, James Finkelstein, professor with the Scholar School of Policy Government at George Mason of Virginia, said this is the, the richest compensation payout ever in higher education. There's a real question about whether such windfall university are in the wrenches of anyone. The trustees of Bryant owe the students and alumni a detailed accounting of why they're giving this money to President Makeley. College presidents are increasingly being treated like corporate executives. What's really happening the last decade, these compensations plans are borrowed from the corporate world. They used to be called golden handcuffs. Because they were a way to ensure that the CEO, excuse me, wouldn't leave. Unlike the corporate world, higher education has often used deferred compensation to mask the actual value of a president's contract. But highest paid college president, not in Rhode Island, well, obviously, but not in the Northeast. Not even in the top ten, number one in the world. Governor Raimondo's speech last night, also uh, at at, uh, Johnson & Wales, the president there also is making a killing. He's number two in the world, 5.3 million. (laughs) Second highest compensation package, Makeley 6.2 million at Bryant. Johnson & Wales 5.3 million. Brown University, BU president doesn't make anywhere near that. Think of this. You take Harvard, president of Harvard, Yale, Stanford, and MIT, those four university presidents, add them up combined, Ron Makeley at Bryant makes more, made more. Does that make sense to anybody listening? I like this guy that said, they, you know, they have a part-time NBA program that's not even in the top 200. 
Now, I, I'm not, I remember having him as a guest many years ago. Under him, they have, he, uh, he has fundamentally changed the school between the lacrosse team, football team, basketball team. He made athletics D1. He has done trade. I mean, the school, the building is phenomenal. No one is denying that. But, uh, boy, that, that's a real eye-opener. President of Bryant University, Ron Meekley, $6.2 million makes him the highest paid college president in the world. Number two is the president of Johnson & Wales. And Makeley receives one million more than the president at JNW. Think about that. My goodness. He's John D. Petro. He's really in the know with his talk show on your Folks, again, listen, enjoy this Wednesday. We're back tomorrow at 11. Visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Stay tuned. The John Dion program is next. Uh, remember, if you missed any portion of the program, just go to depetro.com and then on the podcast, you click on that and you can hear our different interviews. Again, we're back tomorrow at 11. Dion is next after the 2 o'clock news. WNRI and W236CW Woonsocket, 1380 AM and 95.1 FM.